0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, May 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Image-sharing platform Pinterest posts a wider-than-expected loss. China's Luckin Coffee raises more than half a billion dollars in its IPO. And the UK Prime Minister lays out her exit strategy as Boris Johnson gets ready to run for her spot. Plus, the FT's Jamie Smith talks about the bad blood in Australia politics and what might come out of the country's federal election on Saturday. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Shares in Pinterest tumbled by as much as 19% on Thursday. The fall came after the image-sharing platform's first earnings report since becoming a public company last month. On an adjusted basis for the last quarter, Pinterest reported a loss of $0.32 a share. It was worse than what analysts predicted, $0.11. The company also says it expected full-year revenues shy of the $1.09 billion that analysts had been expecting. Pinterest floated on the New York Stock Exchange in mid-April at $19 a share. It was 12% below what it achieved in a private share sale in 2017. But Pinterest shares have risen 60% since the so-called down-round IPO. Last night, they were still trading above the IPO price at around $26, but well off the recent highs of more than $35. Some investors have urged the platform to introduce features that allow for direct e-commerce on the site, like its rival Instagram. Co-founder and chief executive Ben Silberman said on a call with analysts that shopping on the site is a long-term goal, but it would not be a, quote, meaningful driver until 2020. Starbucks's China rival Luckin Coffee has raised $561 million in an initial public offering in the U.S., giving the Beijing-based coffee chain a market valuation of nearly $4 billion. Luckin priced 33 million American Depositary shares, or 80s, at $17 on Thursday. The Luckin valuation marks a sharp increase from the company's recent private funding round last month. Luckin raised $150 million in that round from investors like BlackRock, in a deal that valued the coffee chain at $2.9 billion. The chain launched its first outlet in Beijing just two years ago, and says it's opening at a rate of three locations a day. Luckin is determined to compete with Starbucks on its home turf. If it all goes according to plan, Luckin will overtake Starbucks, which has 3,300 locations in China, by the end of the year. And UK Prime Minister Theresa May has been under immense pressure to set a timetable for her departure from Downing Street. On Thursday she finally did it. FT political correspondent Laura Hughes has more from London.
1: She made it clear that while she's going to have one more go at getting her Brexit deal through Parliament at the beginning of June, she'll step down if it goes through, but more crucially, she'll step down if it doesn't. That means the Conservative Party are going to have a leadership race over the summer that could mean a new Tory leader in place either at the beginning of August, before MPs go on holiday, or at the beginning of October, when a Conservative Party has its annual conference. The race is now on and Boris Johnson, the former Foreign Secretary and leading Brexiteer, was the first to publicly announce that he will be throwing his hat into the ring. We can expect to see a number of candidates declare their intention to run in a bitter contest that will see the Conservative Party try and find a leader who can unite The wounds that have been inflicted on the party as a consequence of Brexit infighting get a Brexit deal through Parliament so that the UK does leave the EU and a Tory leader that can unite the party after years of bitter infighting.
0: And here's a closer look at a story we'll be watching this weekend. Australians will go to the polls tomorrow to pick their next prime minister. And politics in Australia have become a vicious game. As the FT's man in Sydney, Jamie Smith, points out,
2: If Labour win the election on Saturday, party leader Bill Shorten will become the sixth prime minister in just under a decade in Australia.
0: None of the leaders since 2007 have served the full three-year parliamentary term. Mostly, there have been many issues within the parties themselves. Leadership contests have been the main way of changing prime ministers instead of elections. And those contests have been caused by everything from ideological disputes to personality clashes. Here's Jamie with more.
2: The two main contenders for the position of prime minister in Saturday's election are Labour's Bill Shorten and the Liberal Party leader and current Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Morrison is former head of Tourism Australia who is probably best known for his role in developing Australia's hardline immigration policy which detains asylum seekers on South Pacific Islands. He became Prime Minister last year when Turnbull got removed by the party's right-wing faction. He's a Pentecostal Christian who's rarely seen on the campaign trail without his trusty baseball cap and likes to portray himself as a down-to-earth Australian. Bill Shorten is a former trade union boss turned politician who really has struggled to connect with voters during his six years as opposition leader. But he has played a critical role in uniting the Labour Party after years of internal squabbling. He's definitely a skilled political operator and has developed an ambitious policy agenda and really put Labour in pole position to win this election.
0: What are some of the key issues that have emerged?
2: Really the economy has been a central theme in the election, with both the main parties promising tax cuts. In Labour's case, these are mainly directed towards lower earners. But perhaps the biggest surprise in the the campaign is the central focus that climate change has played. Australia is caught in the grip of a very severe drought, and we've seen in the last uh, couple of years severe damage to the corals on the Great Barrier Reef, and this has really caught the public imagination. Labour's cashed in on this issue as it has a more ambitious suite of policies aimed at reducing emissions and transitioning the energy system, whereas the coalition has really struggled, mainly because the party is so divided along ideological grounds on emissions cuts and taking action on climate change. The coalition really is very close to the coal lobby here in Australia, so that's hampered it in getting to grips with climate change.
0: How do Australian businesses feel about the contenders?
2: Australian business feels that it's stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're the traditional allies of the coalition, which generally follows our centre-right policy agenda and protects corporate interests. But the coalition's failure to agree on an energy and climate change policy or to implement its key tax and workplace reforms has really disillusioned many chief executives that I've spoken to. The business community is, however, fearful about Labour's focus on tackling inequality by lifting wages and boosting workers' rights. Many corporate leaders hope Labour's campaign rhetoric could be toned down if it wins office. Others believe the party will likely fail to pass some of its more ambitious reforms through Parliament because Labour's unlikely to win a majority in the powerful upper house. So what should we expect At the start of the campaign, Labour really looked on course for a comfortable victory, but the polls have narrowed in the face of what has been really one of the most negative and nasty campaigns in living memory here. Most analysts expect Labour to win power, but potentially only with a slim majority in the parliament. So I think you can expect to see a large protest vote with up to a quarter of the electorate backing independents or micro-parties rather than the two mainstream parties, Labour and the Liberals. This is likely to make governing pretty tough, as the Senate, the upper House of Parliament here, could be in a position to block legislation. Few people would be surprised to see continued political volatility in Australia, and really whoever wins the election should watch their back.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We got editing help this week from Gavin Kallman.